You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Tonight we're in 2 Peter chapter 2. We're going to read from verses 4 to 10. Each one of these cases of punishment that are brought up uh, could be a lesson by themselves, but we'll consider them all at once. We'll see that this is a section about punishments and about rescues, that God can punish those who need punishing, no matter how many, how elevated, what their position is. Uh, There's no one in this regard, as we have the modern saying, too big to fail. But there's also, if one is righteous, there's none that are so small or insignificant or so few in number that if in need of rescue, that God will not rescue. And so there's be none who are overlooked. So Second Peter 2, 4 through 10, punishments and rescues. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness, reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, when he brought a flood on the world of the ungodly. And if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly thereafter, and if he rescued righteous Lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men. For by what he saw and heard, that righteous man, while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who indulge the flesh in his corrupt desires And despise authorities, daring self-willed. They do not tremble when they revile angelic majesties. So we've got two themes going on here at once. The punishments and the rescues. We'll take a look at the punishments. No one's too big to fail. Angels, when they sin. Which angels sinned? When they sin? How'd they sin? Some of those things, as Ben said, Bible class, like Jesus is writing on the ground, not fully revealed. Sources of possible in the speculation, of which many have gone in. Jude says about it, they didn't keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode. So they got out of place. They sinned, they got out of place. And when angels sinned and got out of place, where'd they go? To hell, pits of darkness. Imagine going from the light of heaven to a pit of darkness. Going from heaven to hell. This is where sin leads you. The ancient world. All right, so we'll take it down to the the world of men. Take it from the highest plane to the lower plane. Take it to the world of men. A whole ancient world disappeared in judgment. He didn't spare the ancient world. There's never a thought that's right before God of, well, he can't punish all of us. 
I remember having such seditious thoughts. I recall a particular band director we didn't like, about uh, 45 or 50 of us in seventh grade band, just openly not following, and I, I could call the man's name, but I won't, just not following Mr. S's de- de- decrees and instructions and band. And uh, literally we said to each other, he can't send us all out. And then, <laughs> this is back when they had corporal punishment. He, he told one of the students who was misbehaving, come up here and get a SWAT. And it was right there in the front of the band hall. And the student showed up to get the SWAT, and everybody was snickering and laughing about it. And they didn't respect the punishment he was about to give. And he threatened another student that said, if you're going to act that way, you can come down here and get one too. <laughs> to our shame, one of the students said, oh, we can come get one too? We formed a line. It wasn't our best day. We formed a line so that he'd have to swat us all. Well, guess what? You can't swat the whole band. He didn't swat the whole band. There was another solution that was sought, and we kind of thought we got away with something. I think there's people who think, in regard to the instructions of God, he's not going to swat us all. He's not going to get us all. Don't you think there are people who thought that way? Have you ever thought that way? Oh, everybody does it. He won't get on to me for this. God didn't spare the ancient world. The ancient world is the ancient world, not the current world, because it went away. God punished a whole world of people. If you run the population numbers, how long those people lived, how many children they could have had in those excessively long lives that they, they had before the, judge, before the flood came, there could have been more people on the earth at that time than there are now. It's entirely possible. And that it all went away. And we can't really even find any traces of it. I mean, you think about all the archaeology we find of things that are, you know, ancient. But how much stuff can we find to go, you know what, that was from before the flood. That whole world went away. And so God punished the whole world. God punished angels. He punished the whole world. In verse 6, he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction. So what if it's a large and prosperous city? This city's too big to fail. He would not take this away. Oh, yeah, he did. He took, he took off of the earth, apparently two of the largest, and with them some of their suburban cities around, but two of the largest and certainly two of the most prosperous cities in the entire world. You know, today we joke about California getting the big one and what if Los Angeles all of a sudden was right next to San Francisco and the, the shaking that would do? And what if California just slid in the ocean or the like? This is a judgment of that scale, of erasing entirely these cities. And one of the things that is always, to me, impressive in natural disasters, it's not how many are killed. But if you look at just about any kind of disaster, you look at how many people survive. And you look at the situations like, how did anybody survive this? And most of the time, isn't it more people survived than didn't? It's normally all that way. And sometimes we talk about, you know, uh, how long cockroaches last. And you'll never get rid of cockroaches. But i got to tell you, there's something else around here that's really hard to get rid of. It's hard to get rid of people. You know, even when governments go on extermination programs to get rid of all the people of a certain tribe or ethnic group or city or, or region, how many? there's always survivors, aren't there? 
and it seems like there's always more survivors than casualties. It's hard to get rid of people, but God got rid of these cities, prosperous, large cities, in their entirety. And in this place, as well as 26 other times in the scriptures, they are brought up as examples of God's judgment. These are the perennial examples through the scripture of God's judgment, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So there is no position too high, the angels. There is no group too large, an entire world. There is nobody too prosperous and too advantaged, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but that God cannot bring effective judgment. He can, verse 9, keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Verse 10, especially those who indulge in the corruptions of the flesh and despise authority. And these committed those sins in abundance. These horrible examples of judgment are brought up in this context of false teachers. And so how serious is false teaching in the church? How serious does God consider that? With these, the worst of sinners, with these, the epitomes of judgment. And though, next time though, in those, who did he rescue? The few righteous, Noah and his house, and Lot and his. And so next time we'll talk about the Lord knows how to to rescue the godly from temptation. So God can separate the ungodly from the godly. God can rightly and fully, supremely and eternally sort these things out and punish them on the basis of their deeds that they've done in the flesh, whether good or evil. And so this tonight was the sobering lesson the part of this text on judgment. But interwoven with it was the assurances of rescue. So next time we'll look at that. But for tonight, think about the power of God and think about how much God must hate oppression and corruption and sin that he would act this way toward it. Yet he did love us enough to save us from it through his son Jesus Christ. Let us take advantage of that rescue that is offered, and not suffer these punishments. With that, then, we'll close. Ask if you need to come confessing Christ, the one who our rescue is secured and our rescue is offered, uh, that we might hold to his unchanging hand. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.